0: Did Ever learn to do this? This has <laughs> happened twice in the last like, like you know,
1: few months. When did everyone learn? Making lightning is really hard. Why can everyone chuck it back now? Yeah. Jeez, my goodness, I've done this twice in three months, and both times it being redirected at me. Like can... uh, my <laughs> Skillshare
2: class on... Damn it, I was going to say Iroh's Skillshare class on redirecting <laughs> lightning is extremely popular.
1: I feel like there's a joke here about like trickle-down lightning economics where like, the, the wealthy and elite <laughs> shoot lightning at everybody else, and then the lower classes get to take that lightning and put it somewhere else. Anyway...
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, here to celebrate Avatar Day. Uh, As always, I am Blue, and I'm joined by Red. Sup? And for this wonderful occasion, very special guest, Tim, from Hello Future Me. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm good. Who would have possibly conceived that i would have turned
0: up on this episode (laughs) who who would have guessed it's we actually
2: uh, we had we had a very long list of of people who we wanted to get before you were like oh they can't okay i guess we'll get tim for the avatar day episode (laughs) oh Uh, yeah no i mean i totally understand you're like when you're getting to me you're scraping the bottom of the barrel you know really like Uh, (laughs) oh god no, oh, no, there was show. no one who we could have possibly done this with without you, and we were brainstorming the episodes, we're like, okay, we can do an Avatar bonus day episode, so we will have to make it work around getting Tim yeah. on the episode. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're yeah. here to talk about uh, some of our favorite episodes on, uh, on, on the show uh, here today, and then we'll answer some Avatar-themed uh, Q&A questions, so... Yeah. I, I guess we could go in but do we maybe want to just quickly go over our our initial experiences with this this media property Avatar the Last Airbender and associated other TV show and film uh, perhaps <laughs> just to let everyone know kind of what our what our you know relationship with this with this show is and why it might be so important that we're doing a a bonus episode for
1: it Yes, very delicately put. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, I can start, I guess. Um, Last Airbender is interesting uh, for me specifically because I I didn't really watch that much TV growing up. uh, But I did watch TV when I went to visit my cousins. And they had one of those cars with like a little TV in it, like a little flip down screen. Uh, And whenever we were on long road trips, they would put in some of the uh, Avatar DVD box set. Uh, and it would play all the little (laughs) Nick ads at the beginning, so I always got the same ads for, like, Tough Puppy, and My Life as a Teenage Robot, and Danny Phantom, and then they would play the episodes, and the very first episode that I ever saw, with no further context, is also the episode I'll be discussing, uh, it was the Blue Spirit, uh, which was fun, because of course, in that episode, there's a big reveal where it turns out the Blue Spirit is Zuko, and I didn't know who the fuck Zuko was, (laughs) so his mask comes off, and I'm like, oh, he's got a pretty gnarly scar, and my cousins are like, yo! Holy shit! (laughs) Um... But yeah, uh, basically once I, uh, I got uh, internet access of my own, I one of the first things I did was just binge watch Avatar and I was like, oh, this show slaps. I totally get why everyone was super into it because uh, I was able to watch all of it at once rather than like a few episodes at a time. And uh, it was just really good. It was really fun. It was a fun show that I liked. Yeah. So,
2: Tim, how about you?
0: Oh, uh, I, I mean, asking what is my relationship with the Avatar show uh, it's a complicated question at this point it's more like a long-term passionate love affair uh, in some in some senses uh, uh, that that also um, makes me money so you know like <laughs> it's 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 uh it's it's an interesting it's an interesting romantic dynamic to navigate Does that make but it the sugar daddy I, I, though.
1: sorry go on <laughs> i think
0: it's true it's true i the avatar the last Airbender is my sugar daddy perfect so <laughs> um it, i i actually didn't grow up with access to nickelodeon hmm. really um so i had to watch it through like secondary sources and i i would race home from swimming training on the morning if i happened to get out early and at eight thirty in the morning i would be able to catch like the last kind of like 20 minutes always missing the start of the um of the episode and so i got to watch it mostly out of order okay oh uh, for, for my entire life but i for some reason they never air finales i don't know what that is uh-huh. They never aired finales but so it wasn't actually until i was in my teenage years my late teenage years that i got to watch everything in the right order with the finales mm. um yeah yeah i know i know odd, odd way to watch it uh and then of course um yeah i i it it it, it sort of fell into my career in some <laughs> odd shapes and 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 and, and roots
2: wow So that's, that's probably, that's primarily my relationship with it. Um, Yeah. yeah. Fascinating. I, I have, I think a very different relationship to it from both of you because I watched it like as it aired on TV in order when it first came out. I mean, I don't know how old that would have been, like somewhere between like seven and 12, I don't remember, Mm -hmm. but I, I watched it when it aired and I was perhaps unique among my peers at the time because I got made of relentlessly for liking Avatar and I was like oh wow okay this is a thing that I should hide and bury about myself until I got to college and everyone's (laughs) like yo Avatar, last airbender is so good I'm like where the fuck have all of you been this whole time so I like I saw it once when it aired and I was like this is great and then I just kind of put it in a box uh, until college and I watched it through um, like later on in college after I graduated and I'm like wow this is this is actually really good wait a minute cool
0: (laughs) i can't imagine what it must have been like to be able to watch the finale when
2: it originally
0: aired like that must have been a really phenomenal experience
2: it was pretty cool it was it was a big deal because i think they aired all four of the episodes like in a row it was like a tv movie kind of thing um it was wild i was definitely not old enough to appreciate the nuance of what they were doing um i mostly latched on to the part where he like Aang picks up all the elements at once oh, and then yeah. starts chucking him at Ozai. I'm like, oh, yes, that's the secret to winning the fight. Yeah. Uh, as <laughs> opposed to. Just get good. Uh, <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think kids do actually internalize
0: a lot of the complicated elements of media. They just aren't quite as capable of articulating it. Yeah. They internalize it in a more like kind of subconscious emotional sense. They understand that something is a deep feeling, something is a deep experience. Yeah. Uh, but not necessarily, you know how they can apply that, how, how that came about. Yeah. I, I, I think that, I think, yeah, I don't want to diminish like child experiences in that, in that way. No, and that's I also... totally
2: fair. Because I, I when Aang did the energy bending, I was like, wow, that's so cool. He took away his powers and internally I'm like, how did he do that? I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Shy>. <laughs> so, but well, no, I think dink. you're totally
2: right. Is that like, <laughs> I definitely got the, the experience and the, some of the, the nuance more subconsciously, but it would be a while until I could actually like recognize and articulate like, wow, this is, actually quite good (laughs) i also
1: think that when you're a kid you maybe don't necessarily realize how rare it is for media to be that good um like Mm. you know obviously we we were talking about this before we started recording how each of us could remember the moment when we first realized media could be bad um and i feel like when you're a kid like everything is new in its own way and you're sort of still building out an understanding of how the world works and a lot of that you get through fiction and, and storytelling and stuff like that Uh, And when you're first dealing with storytelling, everything is so new that you just kind of don't have a frame of reference. And then you sort of slowly build up a frame of reference, the more life and media you experience. And then once you have a a large scale understanding of storytelling and writing and stuff, you can go back and be like, oh, wow, this actually did a lot of really good stuff and very little bad stuff. Uh, And, you know, Mm. before when you're when you're a kid, when you haven't maybe seen very much media at all and you watch a show like Avatar you're like this is good I'm having a good time this is cool and I like the part where you do the thing and then when you're you know more grown up and you've seen a lot more stuff you can be like that was really good like that was unusually well done Um, so So I uh, guess
2: Jumping into pretty much that thing, would you like to to lead us through uh our first episode here and tell us about uh the blue spirit?
1: Yeah. Uh so the blue spirit is, I think, episode thirteen of season one. Uh it's right after the mid season finale, uh, where they were dealing with uh Avatar Roku's spirit for the first time. All that oh, yeah. good jazz. Um and it's uh, it's it's a little bit unusual by episode standards. Uh, it sort of breaks the formula a little bit. The, the general formula that Avatar always falls back on is that it's the gang, and they're traveling, and they, they deal with some weird stuff in a weird location, and they have wacky hijinks. And sometimes they break this formula, but it's what they always come back to. Like, and it's not so much
2: Monster of the Week. It's New Place on the Week.
1: Yeah, it's an little anthology to series. The yeah. They travel through places, and they deal with the stuff at those places. Um, and when they do break that up, uh, you get interesting stuff. You get series finales and stuff like that. But they fall back on this for a reason. It's probably when the show's at its strongest is when they're just letting all the characters hang out with each other. The Blue Spirit is one of the first episodes where they kind of break that up because uh, Katara and Sokka are sick this episode, um, which is a fairly common stock episode. Uh, you put a character out of commission, you make another character go through some hoops to cure them. Pretty standard. Uh, but of course, this is the episode where uh, Aang is briefly captured by uh, Admiral Zhao and uh, rescued by the Blue Spirit, who turns out to be Zuko. Spoiler alert! And it's just ah, uh, after a certain point, this episode is just nonstop action, and it's really well choreographed yeah. and cool. Um, and it has a ton of like thematic, deeper meanings and stuff because, of course, this is Aang and Zuko working together for the first time in the show. At a point in the show where Zuko is still very firmly an antagonist and showing no signs of changing that anytime soon. But this is where Aang first puts forward the possibility that he and Zuko could easily be friends and could have been friends if circumstances were a little bit different and and all that stuff, which is, of course, an incredibly important theme for the entire rest of the show. Uh, And it shows how well they work together when they're not, you know, trying to fight each other, you know, when Zuko's not trying to capture Aang. And it's just such a—it's very high octane, and the emotional weight of this episode (laughs) is— quite heavy compared to previous ones, like, that you don't have Sokka or Katara to cut the tension, Aang has no backup, the, uh, probably the wham line of the episode is where uh, uh, Zhao says, uh, and no one is coming to rescue you, because as far as Aang knows, that's just fully true, he's, he's screwed, yeah. <laughs> and it's only through the fact that Zuko's like, nobody's nope, capturing the Avatar but me, bitch, It's <laughs> like, that's the only thing that saves him, and it's just like... It's
0: the it's the sibling thing, no one gets to be mean to my sibling yeah. but, but me, Yeah, you know? Yeah,
1: the cane instinct, and it's just, it's great. Um, uh, because, like, you know, this is this is one of those episodes where the stakes are just way higher than they have been in previous episodes because Aang just has no backup. It's like, we're not really worried that, like, Katara and Sokka aren't going to be okay. Like, it's not like, I have to get back or they'll die. Like, they don't need to do that. The threat is just, Aang's really in trouble <laughs> and he can't do this alone. Uh- so what are they going to do? Um <clears throat>
0: and uh fun little fact about ang being captured you know he's like he's like strung up like this yep. but his, his legs aren't he's just standing there <laughs> yeah it's because originally they had him strung up like legs 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 and then this the, the tv standards <laughs> said that that was too brutal and so they had to tone it down so he's just standing there with his arms up like that oh. like he could just had his legs free huh
1: okay
2: it's fun to stay at though. Why? <laughs> why why
1: why <laughs> oh yeah. no but yeah, I, I I don't know. It's cool. And of course, like, it does some cool stuff with Zhao because, you know, when when the show first introduces Zuko, he's, he's such a clear-cut antagonist. And then every episode after that is like, oh, you thought you understood Zuko? <laughs> well, guess what? Yeah. Uh, and then, like, the first thing they do is they introduce Zhao as like, you thought Zuko was bad, but Zhao's worse. Like, way worse. And it just makes Zuko look like such a protagonist in comparison. Like, he's still yeah. doing bad stuff, but he's doing it for, like, decent-ish, or at least understandable reasons. Zhao's just an asshole. And, like, this episode is one of the times where they kind of introduce, like, yeah, Zhao's an asshole, but he's also, like, a threat. Like, he, you can't mess around with this guy. He's genuinely dangerous. Um, ah, I see we have acquired a Cleo.
2: Yes, Hello, Cleo. Oh, Cyan that. just came in to, to airdrop a Cleo uh, into her little <laughs> her little um, sitting coach.
1: it does. shortly. Yeah, no,
2: I, I really like the Blue Spirit episode because Red, to your point, it's one of the the first episodes where we really get a sense of the strata of of goodness and evilness where you of course have, you know, Zuko versus Aang is the established conflict, but then you start to see how not only are there different scales of, like, how evil the bad guys are, but reasons why, even within the Fire Nation, people might not like each other all that much, and that sets up a lot of conflict that becomes important later, and this is really, I think, our our first peek at that kind of, like, objective... Um, Mutually exclusive objectives uh, between the (laughs) two, because, like, you know, uh, Zuko and Jang fight, like, in episode, like, two or something, but, you know, they're still kind of on the same, you know, they want the same thing. This is the first part where we see that, you know, goals within the Fire Nation can intersect and butt up against each other uh, with interesting consequences, so...
1: We also, one. I mean, it, it also just gives us such a nuanced look into Zuko's head, because at this point, like mentioned, he's, he's pretty solidly an antagonist, and we've mostly seen him as an underdog. Uh, this is probably the first episode where we see him kick ass. Uh, yeah. Like, he doesn't even firebend at all in this episode. He just takes out all these guards with, like, a bucket and swords, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Zuko is really good at this. Huh. So I don't know. I just it's it's interesting foreshadowing of things to come, and it's a it's a pretty important way to establish like, look, we've mostly shown him get his ass kicked and get beaten up by children, but like he's actually really competent like where it counts, uh, which is an important bit of planting for later.
0: Um. Yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, interesting depth where Zuko's self concept is very much caught up in his identifying both as like. Um, you know son of Ozai and prince of the fire nation Mm. and one of the really interesting elements of his arc is that his loyalty to his father and to his family and to those sort of things really diverge from his loyalty to the fire nation yeah and this is really the first instance in which we're seeing those two things divide because a really important part psychologically of kind of him turning to the good, is that division between, like, hey, I'm not doing this for, like, political reasons. I'm not actually loyal to the Fire Nation. I'm doing this for for, for personal reasons, for my father's affection. Yeah. And so him Mm -hmm. expressing that in this more visceral ways is is a really important part of him internalizing that idea and then starting to process you know that this isn't just like the the the, i don't just exist as the crown prince in isolation i deserve i i I exist as a son i exist as as an independent person deserving of love and affection yeah um yeah yeah
1: the fact that he's just straight up willing to like fully betray the fire nation to allegedly rescuing but really just capture him himself is like okay yeah so this is this is not about you know loyalty to the fire nation and it never really looked like it was it's about you know his family his father and his personal honor so it, it totally makes sense you'd get this butt hurt about Zhao butting in, like, haha, this will get me another promotion. goes like, yeah, but I need it. <laughs> get out of here. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so fun. And, like, oh, the, the fight choreography, the soundtrack, the Yu Yan archers, I can't believe yeah. they never use them or their kick-ass musical theme again. It's like, guys, this is such a waste. These guys kick ass. Anyway, it's a really good, fun episode. And it's true. They never really show up. No, they, I think they though, show yeah. up in
2: a, in, like, one other episode later, but... Yeah. yeah,
1: what other episode do they show up I think in? maybe one of them is wow. on the Southern Raiders or something like that. Uh, like, I mean, think we've seen the we'll guy with the out. face paint. Yeah, we but, will, um, well, while but, you're
2: looking that up, uh, we'll yeah. transition over to another very much Ang and Zuko episode, because that is really the uh, emotional core of this entire show. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll jump ahead to book show. two uh, after the uh, events, the Battle of the, the Northern um, Water Tribe, uh, and then down to um, the episode Bitter Work, uh, which I believe is episode... Nine? Nine. Uh, episode sure. nine of book two. And uh, Indigo can correct me if I if I boof this really badly, but Bitter Work uh, is essentially a rough translation of the Chinese for kung fu, and the episode uh-huh. is about Aang learning from Toph, his new earthbending teacher, how to earthbend, and Zuko trying to learn lightning bending from Uncle Iroh after a run-in with uh, Azula uh, the episode prior. So. It is an episode all about the actual, like, not just, you know, you know, oh, we're doing cool moves and stuff, but the the technique and the philosophy of these different martial arts styles within the Avatar world. And I think it's really cool because this is one of maybe the only episodes where we actually really get in-depth about how this, this whole, you know, fight system that is the most identifiable feature of this media property and, and how it works and what it means... Um, philosophically, Uh, and it's really, really cool because they each struggle with doing this different kind of technique in their own ways. So Aang being an airbender, really struggles with getting into the headspace of earthbending, being stubborn, planting yourself like a rock, you know, think like a rock to to fight the rocks, and Zuko having a really hard time- BE THE ROCK! be the rock. Um, It's literally, that's all earthbending is, it's just being told, be the rock. Just be more stubborn than anything else in a 12 mile radius, and you too can earthbend. You see a rock, do that. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, whereas Aang is like let me jump out of the way of things Toph is like no 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 no, no. <laughs> sit your ass down yeah. punch that rock um, but uh, on the other <laughs> side of course we have Zuko struggling immensely to learn lightning bending. Uh, and eventually Iro's like, okay, this is clearly not working. You keep on like throwing fire in your own face. This isn't gonna work. Um, so he says, We're gonna we're gonna try something different. We're gonna do a technique that I learned from water benders. And so he goes like what? And Iroh's like, no 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 you gotta learn from all the different sources. And he does this little explanation of the different cultures of the four elements and what they're the kind of like cultural personalities of you know these four groups of people are like explaining the difference between you know water and fire and Air and Earth, and using this bending inspired trick to take in lightning, redirect it and then shoot it out in the other way, and Zuko's struggling with it a little bit. Um, and then Iroh uh, is like, no, no, I think you're doing great, and Zuko's like, okay, cool shoot lightning at me so I can practice redirecting it. Iroh's like, fuck no, what's wrong with you? If if this all goes to plan, you'll never need to use this technique. And Zuko's like, no, 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 that sounds fake. So he runs off to a mountain in the middle of a lightning storm to go and practice bending lightning uh, in in a real-life combat situation, if you will. And the episode ends with him saying, uh, strike me, you've never held back before. And he's crying in the middle of this big dramatic thunderstorm, and that's... uh, that's the episode. Oh, I so. have so many thoughts. It's, yeah. it's a oh, classic. It's it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's very personal to me because I have had so much experience with martial arts over the years between, like, my first judo class at age seven. Uh, mm. and so much experience fencing with
1: lightning. And, and, uh, yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Resident uh, and... expert, really. <laughs> <laughs> I have redirected <Yeah. laughs>
0: five whole lightning bolts in my time. No. so <laughs> It's a good one. Exactly. Good one. I mean, like, New Yorkers do it all the time, right? Like, I mean, I know you're not a new Yorker, yeah. but, like, you went to New York and they get struck by lightning because it's, like, the, the the Empire State Building. Yeah. The, the tall you know, buildings like, channel lightning day. down into the streets
2: <laughs> of new york
1: it it's actually yeah. what happens uh when you disrespect the subway rats if you don't pay your tithe uh you get struck by lightning yeah,
2: they, you get off lightning <laughs> yeah exactly such uh, common new york phrases as hey i'm lightning bending here <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> i think we've all heard new yorkers say <laughs>
1: oh yeah we've all been there i do want to say that my favorite thing about this episode is that uh it's one of several episodes where Zuko and Aang are separate but go through completely parallel arcs. Yeah. Uh, there are several episodes that are deliberately structured like this. Uh, and I like this one because it ends with Aang succeeding. He he plants himself and he succeeds and he earthbends and Toph is proud of him and they rescue Sokka from the hole he got stuck in yeah. and uh, Zuko <laughs> fails utterly and completely. And it's just like, at this point, like Aang is going through... like. I don't know, step eight or nine of his hero's journey and Zuko is still stuck in the belly of the beast and is gonna be there for <laughs> the entirety of season two, basically. And I just love that. I love the fact that, like, when when Zuko puts forward the idea that, like, Aang and Azula are, like, these perfect gifted children where everything works out for them and he's not, he's just correct. The The show never proves him wrong on this. The fact is that Zuko is not as, like, strictly talented in, in like, Bending and not as good at managing people and not as lucky as Aang and Azula and he still wins Zuko literally works himself like all the way up to succeeding in the end Mm. from the ground up Through everything that could possibly be thrown in his way And I feel like his arc would be less powerful if that weren't true if he ever got a break Like if he was (laughs) ever able like if, if things ever just luckily worked out for him then it wouldn't be as much like you literally worked through every single thing that could have gone wrong, and you succeeded. Uh, and this episode is like I, it's, the it's... The, uh, the apex of that.
0: Yeah, I, I I I do totally I do totally agree. I that final that final scene where he's going strike me you've never held that before yeah. in the lightning um, storm to me is like one of the most powerful moments yeah, in the series. Absolutely. Yeah, But it's 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 really interesting to me. Um, because like some people have have sort of taken this as like Zuko being suicidal and I, I really don't agree with that. No, he wants to chuck yeah. the lightning but, um, back. He wants to yeah. prove that he has
1: some measure yeah, of Yeah, he wants to chuck the
0: lightning back. It, it's 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 definitely self-destructive in the sense of like seeking out really risk-taking scenarios, which is something we see Zuko do all the time. Like he just like throws himself into the icy wilderness, you know, to make sure that he's got Aang. Like it doesn't matter where he's going, yeah. he's just gonna throw himself into the or icy wilderness. Or When he
2: challenges Katara but... in the middle of a full moon.
1: Yes, <laughs> <A full moon laughs> yes, on yes. a <laughs>
2: snowfield. Like, Come on, let's go! Come let's, on. go bud, let's go,
1: let's <laughs> go! Yeah.
2: But um this this
0: moment, like uh If you look at it kind of symbolically, you know, him, he says, you know, I can, I can shoot it back now. I can, I can, I can give it back. And he's had this constant sense of feeling inadequate, Mm -hmm. this constant sense of feeling second place, which is what you were really keying into. Everything worked well. And he's finally got this chance, um, that symbolically, you know, Azula, the one thing she's always been able to do, which they demonstrated the of season two is, is lightning bending. He's not able to do it. Um but this is kind of like him equalizing himself with her it's bringing himself up to that level it's a way of coping with those that sense of inadequacy because if he can if he can redirect it then it's the same thing as him being him being her equal but you can also take it in a in a sense of uh of like his father burning him and the ability to turn that that fire bending back at someone um and I, 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 I think it's really interesting because self destructive tendencies and people who are traumatized um, often sort of reenact or role play out the harm that they went through in the past. And so you can you can sort of read this moment as him trying to reenact the part, the moments of his life where he felt helpless before, and take a sense of control in that.
1: Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say that I, I don't I think that reading this as like a, a suicidal thing is exactly wrong because what it reads to me is that Zuko is attempting to exert a measure of control over a universe that constantly yeah. makes him feel completely out of control, and in this specific case, he's like all right, I can do it. All I need is to. Get struck by lightning. I can't make lightning myself. I will, not shoot lightning in me for some reason. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll get my <laughs> <That> own. Boston. <bastard. laughs> and the one thing he wants is the one thing the universe refuses to give him at this point. Because he still has no control. He can't orchestrate a situation where he can, he can prove his own sense of control. Because at this point in his arc, he's not actually ready to take control of his life, I guess. He's still kind of being buffeted around. He's still letting his father's expectations drag him around. He's still mm. under the impression that his honor is something that could have been taken away from him. You know, this is a whole thing. Like honor his... is
2: transactional. Yeah,
1: and that you can lose it by attempting to do the right thing. Like, I, I talked about this. I, like, rewatched Avatar. Five
2: honor for 3 dollars <laughs> yeah. I sheep. give Avatar,
1: yes. I receive honor. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and it's just...
0: I... That's going to date the podcast, mate. Oh, God. <laughs> it already has.
1: Yeah, that's, like, six months old at this point. Yeah, I feel like the thing is with Zuko.
2: 2021 meme. He's
1: got this whole thing where it's like his his life is so far out of control. Uh, he's he's never been in charge of his own destiny, and whenever, like at the end of season two, when he thinks he's claiming his own destiny and he becomes the perfect son, he gets everything he thought he wanted. He realizes, oh wait, this blows. Uh, and then he actually makes the first decision of his own of his life, and goes off and becomes the protagonist he was always meant to be for like. 10 episodes uh total which is a that's a crime we needed yeah Yeah, but it's
0: it's it's also like you know him like with him when he when he chooses to side with ozai and azula like he thinks it's his decision but he's ultimately just falling into the idea of himself that someone else has created for him yeah you know it is it is in that sense capitulating control it's giving up control Mm -hmm. um and that's of course like physically represented and you can see how how violent he is being. He's literally out of control yeah. in, in, in doing yeah. that. And the, the, the only time that he gets in full control of himself is when he turns against that and his moment in which he actually redirects lightning. Yeah. Yeah. When he once he actually reasserts control of himself and his destiny, he manages to redirect lightning, basically, you know, repudiating all of that. Which yeah. is very
1: impressive because that means that's the first time he ever actually tried it and he nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> he nearly blew up Ozai with <laughs> yeah. it. So it's it's just yeah Zuko out in the lightning storm is just him screaming at an uncaring universe to acknowledge him and the universe going, No! <laughs> Which is just like...
0: Oh, also, I have this I have this headcanon. You know the moment where Ozai looks at Aang about to redirect lightning at him? And he's like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and he's like, I'm gonna die. My headcanon is that he's not actually thinking, oh my gosh, I'm gonna die. He's thinking... When the fuck did everyone learn to do this? This has happened twice in the last, like, like, you know, few months. When
1: did everyone learn? Making lightning is really hard. Why can everyone chuck it back now?
0: Yeah, Jeez, my goodness! I've done this twice in three months, and both times it being redirected at me.
1: Ozi's I was like Skillshare
2: can... class on—damn uh, it! I was gonna say I wrote Skillshare class on redirecting <laughs> lightning is extremely popular.
1: I feel like there's a joke here about like trickle down lightning economics, where like the the wealthy and elite <laughs> shoot lightning at everybody else, and then the lower classes get to take that lightning and put it somewhere else. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's our uh, favorite episodes. But Tim, you had a favorite episode, right? <laughs> Um. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, my favorite episode is the Southern Raiders. Now, this is this is the episode where um, Katara gets to unleash. You know, across the entire series, um, Katara's running theme is "My mother is dead." <laughs> um, yeah, it seems to be the impetus of everything at many times. Uh, but it's also the site of a number of, I think, the most morally and emotionally nuanced um, beats in the series. There's a there's a scene in um, the Blind Bandit, I believe. Um, no, sorry, the runaway. Mm. Um, where, uh, like, Sokka says, you know, like, I can't remember my mum's face, Mm. right? Uh, she's dead. I, when I think of my mother, I see Katara, and I'm like, just like, (laughs) oh, that's a brutal way of putting that. But this is where all of those feelings come to a head, and Katara decides to go on her super spirit spiritual journey with Zuko, you know, the spirit adventure. And, um, she hunts down Yon-Ra, the man who killed her father and there's this beautiful juxtaposition between the expectation of these people being powerful imposing you know killer killers really yeah. um a threat's antagonist and of course the moment that we meet him when we track him down he's this groveling pathetic person uh and that's it's 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 just a really interesting dynamic to explore because it then of course puts her in, in a strange position it's easy to hurt someone when to, to go after someone when they're they're seen as an adversarial equal um, when they can stand their ground but this is testing katara in a really interesting way and putting aside the fact that there's some brilliant bending visuals oh, in this yeah. episode oh, yeah.
1: stop in the rain um killer
0: yeah, yeah, the stopping the rain, the sphere, which I've pointed out before is almost recreating the moment in the igloo. Oh, God. But, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's actually my favourite moment of the episode is that at the end of the episode, Aang's like, did you kill him? And she goes, no. And he and he goes, well, that's fantastic. Oh, Katari, you're so good. I'm so glad that you forgave, you forgave him. You know, that's the right thing to do. She turns around, she's like... I didn't I will never forgive him and I never will you know and and it's just like whoo alright and sure. I love that because you know some things uh, we can't forgive right some things we're never gonna move on from some some sort of traumas at a time stay with us in a way that it's not that I I, I don't think there is a moral imperative to get forgive the way that ang pretends there is
1: mm. um, yeah I feel like my one complaint about this episode is that Aang feels a little weird in it. Like, this is probably the only episode where he's ever this much on board with the teachings of the, uh, the Air Nomads, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know all uh, all loving and all forgiving and pacifism stuff and I'm like mm, Aang this is a little odd uh, and Sokka at one point makes a thing about like Aang's always full of wisdom and I'm like he is not <laughs> he runs face first into a rock in the opening of every episode and you all know it uh, and I feel like they kind yeah. of wrote Aang this way because they had to to produce this moral dichotomy between him and Zuko and Katara and then to set up the thing at the very end where Aang's like yeah violence is never the answer and Zuko's like alright smart guy what are you gonna do when you have to fight my dad yeah. and Aang's like
0: mm. you're totally right. Right. Yeah. They were totally sitting up that moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But otherwise, I mean, this episode is just so good for Katara. And it does a really good, interesting thing because anytime a story talks about vengeance, you know, there's a lot to unpack there because, like, vengeance, it's cathartic. Is it actually good? Uh, well, <laughs> and in this case, it's like, it would have been so easy for Katara to straight up murder this guy. But the problem is, he's helpless. And the whole point of the episode is that, you know, she she's after him because he killed somebody helpless because uh, you know once again this theme of like control and a lack of it in an uncaring universe and now that she has control she's like i'm going to choose not to use this to be a dick even though i totally deserve to and it would be really satisfying just because it would be morally yeah. iffy to kill a helpless pathetic old man um but again, the difference between that and forgiveness is oof, because forgiveness is like doing something to somebody else. It's like, hey, listen, I'm no longer holding you morally accountable for this. And it's like, in this case, like, no, I've decided that vengeance is the wrong thing to do, but I'm still holding you morally culpable for murder because you you did murder. Murder is bad. Um, just a lot of very interesting nuances in this episode. And I think they handle almost all of them very well.
0: Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, 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 that's true. Yeah. Um, what do you think?
2: I was, uh, I was jumping back because I was trying to remember if this episode features any bloodbending because I half remember there being bloodbending in this it episode. Does. yeah. <laughs> um, I...
0: It's the one other moment we see bloodbending. Yeah, because I was like, yeah. I know
2: the episode with Hama isn't this episode, but I, I was trying to, to reorient that. Um, oh, Hama it almost good. reminds me of... Uh, I mean, of course, this would be the thing that I say because I, I picked the other episode of, like, Zuko learns to redirect lightning theoretically and immediately wants to go try it. Katara, you know, learns bloodbending and in a moment of, you know, peak emotion just wants to, to use this thing that she knows how to do. And that's a fairly common thing that you see in people who are learning martial arts is they, they learn a cool trick and they want to do the cool trick. It's like kids learning a swear word for the first time. Oh, yeah. uh, and yeah. it, it, it's a very tough reflex to not give into because you have this immense power over someone literally being able to control their blood. That's insane. Yeah. And still... Being in that moment of of this such extreme emotion, having this power over someone's, like, physical form, you can rip them apart from the inside, and still being able to walk away from that. Not forgiving, but at least being able to walk away is uh, um, a lot harder uh, with Katara knowing bloodbending than if her only other option was to just kind of huck water uh, at this guy. Yeah. Um, because she basically had a kill switch is really what makes this episode hit different after the Puppet Master episode, after she learns bloodbending. So the fact that she has a kill switch and still is able to muster the strength and the courage to, to walk away is is all the more impressive, I think.
1: And there's a great moment in the episode where she uh, she bloodbends and Zuko has this brief moment where he's just watching her like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cool. Like, you know, Ooh, he's geez. thinking like, oh, my God, she could have killed me so easily. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: Gosh. exactly. Uh, but they also have to they also have to come up with a nice justification for why she can't like bloodbend Ozai you know (laughs) like uh, can we use this one power to you know defeat like the worst guy ever no 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 no. it's that bad it's that bad you know yeah it's real
1: naughty also it needs to be the full moon maybe I feel like they kind of got rid of that oh, after Oh, yeah, while. true. Like, they, true. they put that in for, you know, for the Hama episode. But I feel like maybe that was because Hama kind of sucked and, like, is just really OP. <laughs> anyway.
0: Well, we we see that, we see that like, really powerful benders can do it outside of um, the full moon and Korra. Outside of peak season. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> peak season. <laughs> oh, God. It's a good episode. It's so... Oh, it's blood-bending season. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's very fun uh, and very dark, and I like it because, of course, Aang is like, oh, you know, there's no point in, in dwelling on it. You know, just, just move on and be mentally healthy. And Zuko's like, absolutely dwell on it. <laughs> dwelling on bad shit that's happened to me has never steered me wrong. And Katara's like, all right, I'm going with Zuko on this one. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think these episodes are- As we all know, Zuko is a is a peak
2: <laughs> example of how to deal with our problems. It's like the... a moral and ethical true north that we should all follow. <laughs>
1: I just like the fact that like, of all the women in Zuko's life, he probably does think that murder would cheer most of them up. It's like, what does he know? He knows Azula, he knows Mei and Ty Lee. And it's like, yeah, I feel like only Ty Lee would be a little shaky on the doing a murder on a first date thing. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's I, like, I, what are girls like? Uh, vengeance. <laughs> okay, let's yeah, but do it.
0: Mei would do it for the King.
1: oh yeah okay <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> i gotta stop agreeing with sentences before i finished processing them <laughs> uh,
2: yeah but i think oh, these episodes no. are good because they they really show off a lot of the moral nuance that's so fascinating and so woven throughout this show that makes these characters so interesting. Seeing how they grow and change and where, you know, Aang and Zuko are in The Blue Spirit is very different from where they are in Bitter Work, which is very different from where they are in The Southern Raiders, and it shows that even with objectively a very short show runtime of of three not super long seasons, you can pack so much depth uh, into this, and it works really, really mm. well. So great episodes for a great show, and we could have easily picked uh, any of the other like sixty-plus episodes and had just as good arguments, <laughs> oh, except absolutely. for the Great Divide. Uh, but <laughs> we don't talk about the Great that. Divide. Yeah, no. But yeah, uh, I think uh, if that is our our quick recap of our favorites, uh, free spot goes to Tales of Bossing Say because. Oh, absolutely. absolute classic all around. Yeah, uh, when the sure. filler episode is that good, you know you got a special show. But uh, if that's all we've got, let's move on to the Q and A portion of the podcast.
3: Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Q and A portion of the overly sarcastic podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. This first question comes from one of our lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the show support the podcast support the channel consider becoming a patron for a chance to have your question read first on a future episode or as in this case bonus episode this question comes from rena Kawai chan if you could design a new animal for the avatar world what would it be oh, and where would it live oh that is that's good, good. <sighs> huh.
2: i think we should rule out the um the Bosco the bear that's just a bear. I think we should rule out regular ass animals. <laughs>
1: Even though they would objectively be
2: new additions to the Avatar world. We <laughs> should rule that out.
1: <laughs> Everyone remembers Bosco the bear but nobody remembers Miyuki the just a regular cat. Yeah. So like, <laughs> Miyuki, did, did you yes. get in trouble with
2: the Fire
3: Nation again? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah! yeah. Miyuki right. was not just Miyuki, a regular cat. Character. Miyuki was up to some shit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Miyuki had a rich inner life. <laughs> that's true of all cats. <laughs> Right. okay animals I, animals I look at my um, cat and i'm yeah, pretty sure there's nothing yeah. going on behind the eyes yeah I, I know what i would add oh yeah what, what did you do tell us table. i would
0: add i would add the kiwi parrot so in new zealand Ooh. the 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 kiwi the kiwi is our national bird right and like a lot of our birds in new zealand it is also flightless um it cannot fly because new zealand evolved independently, ecologically, and they just all lost the ability to fly because they didn't need it and food was easy. Oh, so I would have the kiwi parrot, who is a kiwi, but with actual wings, and so they're just a bird.
3: <laughs> just a bird Very with a ridiculous beak. Bird. It's perfect. <laughs> that's good. And where yeah, does the are... kiwi parrot Oh, have live? you seen like, the kiwi's the beak? Zone. It's
0: already ridiculous yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
2: like,
3: no, it's like a foot No, long. exactly, yeah. yeah,
2: that's what I mean. You're <laughs>
0: just
3: reinventing the toucan.
2: God,
1: that's good.
3: <laughs> but more orbular. <laughs> Is it like a so, is it like, yeah. we're talking like a Fire Nation tropical kind of bird, or is this more of like a more? Oh, actually, you
0: earth, know earth what? Nation. I would I would I would have it done. I would have it done by the Kia. Now, the Kia. I don't know if you guys know what the Kia is, but they are a Not the gorgeous car, parrot, and they are the only I think the only mountain parrot in the world. Hmm. They are stunning, and they're incredibly smart. Like probably one of the uh, top three smartest birds in the world. There's studies that have shown they might be the smartest bird um apparently crows are really smart but crows are boring (laughs) kias are better so um yeah we i would give them their plumage because the plumage on a kia is just stunning and they also rip up your tires
3: oh wow (laughs)
0: with a knife (laughs) (laughs) they
3: know how to hit you where it hurts
0: (laughs) they will come and pick up knives
1: new zealand isn't australia we all know this and yet there are similarities in the wildlife hostility level it seems I like to
2: imagine the parrots,
1: uh, like... No, they're really
2: <laughs> friendly. They just want food.
1: And they'll eat your tires to get to it?
0: <laughs> well, they they think that if they slash your tires, they'll you'll stay
2: there. No. It's like, <laughs> like an extreme version of the logic where cats knock stuff off your table to get fed earlier.
1: I'm just telling you, I've lived in the US my whole life, but I've never had an animal slash my
3: tires. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely fascinated by this. I know we're here to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender, but, like... The, the logistics of birds slashing your tires and the reasoning of oh so you stay there longer Abso- no, how I, did they I, learn that behavior
0: i i made i made that up but they they oh, are notorious God. for tearing things and they have torn
2: tires in the past wow. i'd love to picture
0: like wow. the department
2: of bird crime in new zealand that's tracking all of these cases
1: <laughs> they can't keep getting away with it
2: but uh, <laughs> i i will offer my contribution uh that we have a lot of um uh, land-based and aviary animals in the Avatar world, but we don't see a lot of like mm-hmm. aquatic life. Despite the fact, that, I mean, we see the unagi, we see like the giant eel in the Serpent's Pass. I mean, it's a serpent. We
0: see turtle uh, turtle we ducks, s- which are objectively. We see Those, oh, those I are good. See, yeah, yeah. We yeah. See I would
2: elephant seals. Mm-hmm. We yeah, see. elephant seals. I think we need some because there's a lot of water in the Avatar world. There's a lot. I would like to propose the great white <laughs> squid <laughs> as basically one of the apex predators because they're super horrifying. smart like squids <laughs> but also like they just have some fucking ridiculous like shark mouth on the top it's basically are like a shark mouth and tentacles. octopi
3: are the smart ones. Shark
2: uh, octu- a
0: shark mouth on every
3: tentacle. oh that's <laughs>
0: better
2: like, that's
3: better uh, well we know that octopi <laughs> are very
1: beast. smart but i think there's evidence that squid are also decently smart but like octopi are the ones that are oh. worryingly smart
2: okay um, i went with squid because <laughs> yes. of like it's got kind of like the pointy head that's already kind of the it's shape of a, of a shark's yeah. head So yeah, my version was was shark head with tentacles off it. But I mean, like we we can also do like, that's horrifying. horrifying. Why (laughs) would you want that? why would you what would make for a great challenge in an episode it would be a great challenge
1: challenge (laughs) yeah I'm glad that you went there because I was going somewhere similar I wanted to cross a polar bear and a snake because polar bears were already fuck you up and like snakes just make everything worse (laughs) so
0: no but it's all it is it's like literally just the first half of polar bear and then just snake (laughs) at the like halfway point going backwards like
1: most of the body is bear like but like along the spine and like top of the head there's the scales and it's sort of trails off into a long snake tail around the back. Um, you can't yeah, make a polar be bear cool. more deadly, really. So it's like, oh, it's also venomous. <laughs> Congratulations.
2: That'd be I
0: pretty man, cool. Yeah,
1: because yeah, the snake
2: is no longer really an upgrade to the polar bale The polar bear is more of an upgrade to the snake at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. It's like it's a snake, but yeah. also I don't, don't know. Can, I mean, if it can constrict.
2: No, you know, you know
0: like... I think
1: at that point, you know, the rest of the polar bear is pretty good at that already. <laughs> <So> <laughs> like... That's that's true. <laughs> it's just with the just with the plunge. <laughs> who needs to constrict when you can just just stand up and
0: strangle a person <laughs> <laughs> with bear claws. What do you know, how how strong are polar
3: bears? Uh, polar bears <laughs> will mess you, I up. think, is the answer. You know the rule
1: about when you're dealing with uh, with bears, if it's brown, lie down, if it's black, fight back, if it's white, say goodnight. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um <laughs>
0: How much is a thousand pounds? A guys? lot. That, <laughs> that's a lot. A, it's like at least five kilograms. Many.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Was I wrong? <laughs> they can lift they can lift a thousand pound icebergs. Wow.
2: Hang on. That's like that's like half the weight of the car. That's like half the weight of the car. At least. Wait, hold on.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. much, a a third. It's about Mars that's about a third of a Honda
3: Civic.
0: <laughs> what about you and though?
3: Oh I've been sitting here thinking I pulled these questions And I still didn't think of an answer Ahead of time It's a quarter of the way to the park. Uh, cause, <laughs> Yeah 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 I will I love that we're all Creating ways to make The an- Avatar universe Just that much more deadly <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think they deserve it As a treat
3: They do Sometimes um, And I really like lizards So my thoughts Like I want Something with a lizard, but the thing is, lizards don't combine with a lot of ad- other animals very well. You can change the size of a lizard, and it's great. We see that with June's whatever you call it, Shoe, um, I'm pretty sure is a mole.
0: What about what about the Komodo dragon? But it's just actually half dragon. Oh,
3: please! <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So I was like, a so lizard and a bat, you got a tiny dragon like that. True, oh. true. Dragons do already exist in this universe in a different form. Oh, fucking uh, Or about you that. press them with a frog. That could just so. Just what is the most terrifying animal that could hop really well? Like an animal that suddenly you add like a ten foot vertical leap and it's crazy. <laughs> so I think it would be a kangaroo. fun.
0: kangaroo. <laughs>
3: A kangaroo. No, just reinventing real world animals. I have held
1: for years that squirrels would kangaroo be terrifying if they were bigger. Kangaroo could, like,
3: hop to the freaking stratosphere.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, and also punch. Yeah. Oh, you will yeah. hop. You know what?
3: Yeah, let's go like, with that. <laughs> kangaroo frog.
0: Just like, it just Look, comes out of the sky, thundering down, like, with Thor's hammer, except with just a kangaroo like, kick, you
3: know? <laughs> but it's like the head of a frog, so it has the option to either punch you, kick you, or just, like, yeah. you know? God.
1: <laughs> Horrifying. These are all terrible. Yes. <laughs> if these animals oh, all fantastic. actually
2: existed, the gang would not have made it uh, to the Northern Water Tribe.
0: even life would, have would not have survived like five. to develop
1: bending. Are you kidding No, they,
2: no they get to
0: episode, um, episode four, the Kiyoshi Warriors, and um, yeah. instead of the Unagi, it's just your freaking squirrel. Squid <laughs> shock that just molds Aang.
3: Aang just like freezes himself back in the iceberg. He's like, you know what? Yeah, another I'm hundred years with in this, this
1: wake life. up these are
2: extinct.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Someone Fantastic.
2: tell Father well, Lord Ozai
1: I
3: was reborn as one of those shark squid things and then call me when he's done. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Well, now that we've um, made the Avatar universe just that much more fun Yay. and thrilling, let's ask another question. <laughs> Uh, this question comes from Blaze the Demigod. Back in the first time Tim was on the pod, he said he would explain steam bending, and then when he returned, he did not say anything. So how does steam bending work? Uh oh. Okay I don't remember. Blaze is on but my sure. Discord.
0: I'm gonna have a word with <laughs> them about this.
3: Um Okay. <laughs> That's probably
0: why I felt so What do I mean by out? that? <laughs> what did I what did I mean by explain <laughs> steam bending? Uh, yeah. Actually, no.
1: I do know Um,
0: I think I do I think I know what I meant when I said that there's been a long discussion (laughs) in the Avatar world about whether or not um, whether or not uh, waterbenders control the temperature of their water Uh,
1: Um, they do they freeze it what What do you mean
0: (laughs) duh no 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 you can freeze by contracting things really hard But it demonstrably makes it cold. I have always been of the opinion that, yes, they can control temperature. Because I don't understand how you could fathom that. I mean, like, as far as, like, firebenders can control the temperature of their fire, and they go, well, it's temperature-based. And you go, yeah, but, like... I mean, I guess technically earthbending doesn't see that that much, but I'd imagine it's a lot harder. Also, um, and um, but we also
1: ice is not actually more dense than water; it expands from water, so you can't just compress water and make it into. I just I don't well, no, know science. Y-
2: you're both agreeing <laughs> that waterbenders should be able to control temperature. We don't
0: even yes, argue this. Yes,
1: waterbenders <laughs> can control temperature. It's dumb I, that this is a question.
0: <laughs> I think I think what I said I think what I meant was just like steam bending's definitely possible because. They can turn things mm. into steam. Because, like, Katara my... only turns things into mist in the series. We actually never see her create mm. steam, but we do mm. see Korra create steam, or bend steam at least, in episode three of Legion of Korra. I don't know what I mean by that beyond that. I just mean that I affirmatively believe that they can control temperature, and the fact that they can control steam and create steam is evidence of that. Oh, okay. I think that's. I think that was what I possibly meant, but I don't know.
1: I feel like all <laughs> of these arguments are so weird <laughs> because it's always like. Someone is just asking the question to see if they can figure out how to hack in, like, a steam engine or, you know, some, like, game-breaking way to just insta-kill all the bad guys. And it's like, guys, the answer is they can do it if it would be more interesting than what they're already doing, and they can't if it wouldn't be more interesting. (laughs) That's always It's like when people are like, who Uh, would win Superman or Goku? Given that
2: Firebenders can lightning bend, which objectively does not have... Any chemical connection to firebending, <laughs> we should be able to to take some leaps, because Iroh actually, like, explains how lightning bending works in in the episode Bitter Work, where he's like, yeah, you know, you have, you know, yin and yang, and you separate these energies, and then when these energies, like, try to arc back to each other, it creates lightning, which is basically a sneaky way of actually <laughs> explaining how electric charge works, which yeah, is kind of wild. Yin
1: and yang positive and negative energies. Um, I mean yeah, it's, it's like, like it's, it's, it's actually that. kinda
2: kinda well done. Um but the fact that like yeah. you can have the firebenders just do lightning bending which which functionally does not actually relate to fire, like the steam question should be like totally yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 always been a dumb distinction to me. I've always kinda hated questions of like can benders can like can like earth benders flesh bend because there's metal in you know in our bodies mm. or whatever. And and I've always hated those questions because it's so clear to me that bending is 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 um, pseudo spiritual. Yeah, it's You know, the magic, reason that guys. water benders can heal, yeah. the water benders can heal because we've always associated water with healing and life, not because water has inherently healing properties. You know, yeah, like exactly. That. Yeah. So
3: Probably I've always just hated dowel those someone questions. someone in like bunch of Fiji water and they're going to magically be cured from all their ailments. It's oh. got to be something more going yeah. on. Can waterbenders
1: electrolyze it and control like... oxygen and hydrogen separately? <laughs> Stop. Just watch the show. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we're on I'm this I'm sorry, Blaze, if um... that was
0: unsatisfactory, but that's all I remember <laughs> that I I can
1: firebenders (laughs) rust things because it's oxidation anyway let's go (laughs) i don't want to give
3: them ideas i'm mocking them (laughs) okay on well i'm glad you guys are having these ideas because the next question is somewhat related to it uh roll the outro Kronk asks in uh avatar the last airbender you get to add a fifth element to the world of avatar what is it and which mystical animal and or moon teaches it so add an element to this four element system Oh, Tim has an answer already. Yes. <laughs> I, I won't away. say. I'll let the other guys oh, Okay, go never first. mind.
1: Uh, I mean, traditionally, when you have a four element system, the one you add is like quintessence, and it's just like heart. energy. <laughs> moon yeah, powers. heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Witch?
0: Anyone? Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, yes. Absolute slaps. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, practically speaking, the thing is, they kind of covered all the bases you would normally cover with other elements in other elemental systems. Like, you, you don't, you know, Normally, if you have a magic system, it's like, oh, you can't, you know, you need something for plants, and it's like, well, water benders can control mm-hmm. plants. Uh, not necessarily very yeah. well, but they can do it.
3: Or if you're, you know, you're going by, like, the classic kind of journey of the West Chinese system, metal is its yeah. own separate metal element. Exactly, yeah. but then Toph figured out how to metal
1: bend, and then it's like, Korra mm. added, like, oh yeah, they can also do, like, lava bending sometimes, and it's like, okay, cool. So mm-hmm. it's like, almost all the bases are already covered, so it's like, are we introducing a new element into this universe that does not have this element, or, or what? Um, And they already added, like, energy bending and soul bending and stuff. So all that stuff is already there. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Hmm.
0: Yeah, I I would probably just go... I would probably... I've retouched on it, but plant bending is the closest one. Yeah. um, Because Mm -hmm. even though... Yeah. um, Even though, like, it does have some overlap with water bending, it's a pretty crude form of controlling plants uh and like the only instances we see of it is when so it's those funky um, swamp guys either they just draw the yeah. water out of plants or when they're controlling like seaweed or whatever it is which has huge amounts of water yeah. Yeah. in it and so a wood bending or a plant bending mm-hmm. the ability to m- manipulate wood which wood, by the way we've never actually seen anyone manip- manipulate wood on its own right yeah um True. so i would say that would be the next logical step
3: yeah yeah yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And what if we so animal and or moon that would teach this to someone? I feel like it should be taught by a Ooh. plant because it's plant. <laughs> okay, it's the big tree in the middle of that swamp, Which, the one that's funky yeah. and alive and full of ghosts. Yeah, birds. totally. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and and also, hey, the moon taught people water bending. Why can't Somehow? a tree teach people
3: wood bending? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I, I really love the idea liked of someone like little like earth. Earth Kingdom kid going and sitting staring at like a field of like wheat and it just waves and they're like you know what <laughs> yeah. I could do that guy <laughs> <you. laughs> uh, I really like the whole this I is, this
1: this is
0: the wood bending <laughs> yeah exactly this is how they for those made, sh- this down. is a
3: audio only podcast for those who can't see Tim is waving his arms <laughs> <laughs> I'm so oh, just yeah excited. like last minute playable
2: arm flailing tube man <laughs>
3: exactly <laughs> yeah
2: oh say it but like ten times
1: faster well, a arm
3: flailing tube, man all right incredible. Um, Well, this next question comes from Enkyo of the East. To all, if you could live anywhere in the Avatar world, where would it be? Personally, I'd be quite happy on Kyoshi Island. So if you have to live in the world of Avatar, pick your place of residence. I like those uh, weirdos who live in that one air temple, and they
1: filled it with, like, steampunk stuff. That's Um, pretty cool. The cultural (laughs) appropriation wasn't great, but I like the (laughs) flying machines, so...
2: (laughs) place would be pretty cool. I'm a
3: big city slicker at heart, so I probably go bustling say and just kind of like try and revel yeah. revel in like all the tea shops and stuff. Look, I know that <laughs> there's no war in bustling say, but I'm not I'm not a great warrior. I'm just going <laughs> to hang out, you know? I mean, fair. I don't know. I feel like the secret police
1: element would make it a little less pleasant.
2: I guess are we specifying yeah. within like the timeline of like the the great war?
3: Mm, that does sh- shrink the I options guess- a little bit.
1: Yeah, do you I would want say maybe Republic somewhere City? in the
3: continuity mm. of the shows, okay. so Avatar and Korra, so like Republic City would be a fair estimate. Um, pick estimate's the wrong word there, but uh, I
0: yeah, hmm. I know where I'd live. Where to? I would live in the metal bending flower cities Ooh. because Ooh. those are just so damn cool. I would definitely live there. It's like high art, culture, class. Like on the one hand, you know. It's really poncy, but also it's really cool, so...
3: Perfect. Yeah. That's that's a solid one. Any ideas, Blue? Blue? Where Sorry, I'm looking
2: up the city. I, I've never actually seen uh, Legend of Korra in, other, in anything beyond just oh. some clips. Um, I would really like to have lived in one of the air temples before the genocide, but if we're going like within the continuity of, of the show... Um, I really, really like the Northern Water Tribe. It's it's Ice Venice. What mm. other episode, What <laughs> other answer could I have picked?
3: Of course. That's true. Yeah. Very true. Very on brand. Um, excellent. Perfect. Well, I guess <laughs> all of us are going to try our best to survive in our given locales. I think Red might have the best. We're fine. Really Nobody's going to find us here. We only sometimes <laughs> sell weapons to the Fire
1: Nation.
0: <laughs>
3: oh boy. We're only
0: sometimes traitors. Yeah,
3: exactly. Uh, this next question comes from Nonsense Wolf. For the Avatar episode, to all, who is your favorite old person in Avatar other than Uncle Iroh? Because let's be real here, he wins. So other other than Iroh, who is the default old person, who is your favorite old person? I I think I have my answer. I I think I know what your answer is going to (laughs) be. I have a suspicion. Red, what do you think my answer is? I think you're going to answer Pyondow. (laughs) Am I You got I, it. I knew it. Very I knew no. I was going to be right about <laughs> he's that. He's the sword guy. <laughs> he is the sword guy. He's, he's very cool. He's the sword guy and he's hangs out. He's, he's a fun. nice trickster mentor. Like he does the thing where he's like fighting Zuko I love or the non-benders, Sasaka. honestly. Like they're always just such fun. it's so interesting to see people who are getting through this world and are skilled and capable outside of the existing magic system because it's fast, always fascinates me when they put a magic system into a world that people just can be not a part of by chance. Yeah. Um,
0: and they're all like, they're all, when they all assault basting, Say, and they're like, take us on, you know, we've got the world's best earthbender and the world's best firebender and the world's best waterbender and this guy. And <laughs> he's the world's best swordsman, <laughs> man.
1: Yeah. man like, it works. <laughs> yeah, best
0: swordsman. It's but works. he's like, he's like coming along like running, sprinting <laughs> as hustling. fast as he can while they're all skirting around the city at a hundred miles an hour on ice like, <laughs> Yeah,
1: but the, his you know Sometimes, oh, cash, up, guys. sometimes they launch him at he stuff. He did his cardio. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they, I mean, he, you know he's in the best shape of most of those guys.
3: He actually no, had to oh, fight
0: him 100%. I, I, I'm sorry. I do not want to be like a, a, a I, I am not slandering Pian now. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Oh, it he is, is amazing. Funny. But I just like yeah. when he's As fighting Saka and you know of His name of literally
3: is Knife. Oh, of course it is. Dell is the character. Is the word for incredible? Del. Love that. Yeah.
1: love that one. That happens. And I just like the part where he's fighting Sokka. What and he's like, "I'm proud of you, Sokka. You're kicking my ass. Good job, kiddo." And I'm like, "Yeah, this guy's yeah. all right. All right. Who's mine? <laughs> this is tough." Uh-huh. I mean, we all agree it's not going to be Paku, because fuck that guy.
2: Paku sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Paku's the real weak link of that of the White Lotus, if we're, if we're being honest. It's like everyone else is like, I'm super chill and cool, and he's like, I haven't acknowledged but grandma, that women though. can do things yet. And
3: it's like, all right, grandma knows what's up. your your Paku. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Oh, I
0: don't
3: know. Mm. I, I don't
2: know There's their that name, old but like,
3: lady who had the
2: woman who just has her garden and Miyuki seems to be living a pretty good life.
3: Yes. Oh, yeah, the but... herbalist. <laughs> yes! <laughs>
2: The herbalist. <laughs> That's all she's doing. herbalist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: she's just having a great time. Um. Huh. I really don't know. Because it does uh... limit the, the,
2: the, the range of characters by quite a bit. It's like old characters, not Iroh. Oh, okay. Not um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Controversial. Probably
0: Roku. Oh, Roku's pretty yes. cool. Yeah. Oh. oh, actually,
2: does, does, does
0: Kiyoshi count? Yeah, I was going to say, it's the old older
1: avatars. Because you know she's yeah. two hundred and two hundred and thirty
0: years old, in which case probably Kiyoshi. Well, okay,
1: if we've got all the past <laughs> <Yeah>. avatars to <laughs> draw from, it's probably Kiyoshi. But like, I feel like of, of living oh, yeah. old people. Oh, Gyatso.
0: Fucking love Giazzo. Giazzo. Wow. Yeah, um, I fucking love Gyatso. Yeah, Gyatso's all right.
1: It's fun. I mean, like, yeah. when I was rewatching it, the moment my heart broke is when he was like, I'm not going to let them take you away from me, Aang. And then Aang's already gone, and I'm yeah. like, no! <laughs> I, I do my love... inches.
2: At the very end of uh of the show, when Aang's, like having his round table discussion with previous avatars, he's like, "How do I deal with Fire Lord Ozai and Kyoshi's like, "I don't have to do this myself. here's a gun, you pull the trigger, and people <laughs> go away.
1: <laughs> I do like that he does this
2: what
0: I have become, yeah." <laughs>
1: It is very funny every time Aang is like, okay, so so Kiyoshi maybe did a little murder, but I'm sure she didn't mean it. And she's like, I did, bitch. I'd do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Never speak for me again, young man. (laughs) It's just, oh, so good.
3: Ugh, iconic. Kiyoshi thinks what of nothing a, but a... murder all day. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> I haven't read the Kyoshi novels, but I'm so curious to see like how much of that characterization covers through into those. Kyoshi um, has min like
2: the elimination of human suffering to be, just like, kill <laughs> the bad people. Just make them go away.
1: <laughs> She's an earthbender. It
3: makes sense that she'd be pragmatic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this next question comes from Exhaustion. To all, Avatar uh, Kyoshi was known to use her fans to focus her earthbending and hang... Aang. Autocorrect was really rough on this question. <laughs> corrected Kyoshi to Kyushu and Aang to hang, which is why <laughs> wow. I just hesitated. Uh, and Aang used his glider with airbending. What weapons or tools do you think would help fire or waterbending? Ooh. I feel like... So, you know what's like a device you know I
1: don't know if this would work I feel like it would be really difficult but I think you could really kick ass with a whip as either of those things like fire fire bending is the obvious one but like a water whip whip like like, that's already like a move that Katara does and like you know controlling a whip is hard but like it's all about the flow of movement so I think that could be really cool
3: Yeah, I think if you just filled, like, a water whip, but, like, Katara just had a bag of ball bearings with her at all times, just really add some extra oomph to the impact. (laughs) Just, like, as you water bend, throw the ball bearings in there, and then just gets carried by the current around, you know?
2: You just reverse engineered the Um, sock with rocks
3: in it.
1: Surfboard would be pretty cool.
3: (laughs) Surfboard, yes, that's a better. Surf surfer. that'd be
1: cool, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, like
3: that one. Um, the Avatar who was like only around for a few. Oh, oh, oh the, surfer the, yeah, the, was, like, the surfer Avatar, yeah, the one who was like, I'd like to hang ten and just have
1: a good time. And then my wife got a ten you. and I love my wife. <laughs> <laughs> he was there for a good yeah, time, no. not a long time.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite Avatar. <laughs> New favorite, old person. Kouruk.
1: That one, Oh, Korok, yeah, that guy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he died at like thirty. Of course, he can did. you imagine yeah. that? You know, I'm.
3: Live fast, I'm on. the I'm
0: the Avatar. Oh crap I'm the worst avatar. Like you get to hang out with all the X ones. Yeah. And they're like, What did you do in your life? And you're like, please, yeah. can we just And then you can we just not talk about this? We'll and you're them. like, Well,
1: fuck, everyone's gonna be real disappointed in me in hindsight. It's like I surfed the greatest wave of all <laughs> I saw a pretty cool whale one time, and then my wife got her face eaten. And the next up, it's Kyoshi who's like, "I reshaped an entire continent." What did you do on Thursday? And he's like, "Oh God, I'm a weak link." Oh <laughs> Um,
0: I really don't know what what could help with like five things. I think be- it would no. could ass if you
1: used a sword. I think we see Zuko oh. do that once. I was
3: thinking
0: swords. Sword. Like Zuko yeah. uses his sword to to do stuff at times. Yeah. Um
3: swords you could like swords ignite like you'd like coat yeah. it in like oil or something so that you didn't have to like actively oh, punch they hang on. Just flaming swords
0: oof bending, not whips but ribbons
1: Ooh,
3: i, Ooh. I mean it's kind like, of the you same know, thing like there, gymnastics
0: we... ribbons
1: yeah yeah it's, it's kind of the same <laughs> think moment. of the aesthetic <laughs> yeah
0: exactly
1: <laughs> i feel like that's more of an airbending thing in my mind like it doesn't really have the weight of
3: eh, it's fine anyway um oh that's true <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know
0: uh, I don't know. I don't know. Flames give like a,
3: a waterbender yeah. like a modern like speed swimming performance wetsuit, you oh. know, just, like cool like Olympic bathing <laughs> suit, and just let him free and just see how what maximum speed. <laughs> just they give like. a waterbender
2: some flippers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. The the fire sword thing would also let you do your classic anime sword beam maneuver when you oh, swing yeah. your sword and the swing of the sword somehow cuts stuff. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> Iconic. Yeah. Uh, I think this next question is going to be somewhat controversial, so oh, let's get to no. it before we get too close to time. Uh, student Loan Debt asks, which Great Divide tribe was clearly in the right? Another the classic Genging question for our
2: friend Student Loan Debt.
3: <laughs> <laughs> student Loan Debt has chimed off a few times and always with a winner.
1: <laughs> Ugh, the Great Divide. I...
2: Mm. All
0: right. There was the Gan and the Jin. Yeah. there were the Gen... clean one ones
1: and the, and the messy
3: ones.
2: Yeah, and that
1: was
3: their entire yeah. personality. Yeah,
2: classic. Are you cleaner? Are you the, yeah.
3: the Gan Jin were the like um, clean ones, and the Jong were the more like living, living, living. I'll, I'll ones, tell you know.
0: that whoever it was, the loser was us.
3: Yeah, for really
0: like having to
2: consider this question.
1: <laughs> I'm a little more inclined to like the clean guys because they had the voice of Robin from Teen Titans among them, and that was just the only thing I could focus on on that trash fireman mm. episode. I um. I
2: do find it fascinating fascinating that the, like, trope in kids' episodes in, like, clean versus dirty, like, they do this in Spongebob, too, is a very watered-down version of anarchists versus fascism.
1: Oh. (laughs) Fuck.
2: Did you just call the, 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 like, the white side, like... The fascists?
0: I mean, no, this I is the thing. There's a, no, there's, yeah, a great, right.
2: um, there's a zero punctuation, <laughs> yeah. uh, extra punctuation episode uh, where he talks versus about nutters. fascists versus nutters where when you try yeah. to have two factions that, like, you can't have one that's obviously evil but you still want to have a conflict between them. You make one side fascist and the other side insane. So they're mm-hmm. both awful choices.
1: <laughs> yeah, so one of them is running a totalitarian police state and the other one is burning all the toilet paper for funsies. And the so PG like...
2: version of that is oh, clean right. versus dirty. Like, do yeah, you exactly. want? your hands or not mm-hmm. translates to are oh, your the issue. So yeah. 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 Uh, Which is another f- reason to just like on principle hate the concept of this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the fact that they made Sokka and Katara take sides it's like guys really? These characters are nuanced. You don't need to do this to them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just about, like, a non-issue as yeah, well. Yeah.
3: I'm on the side of the Earthbending oh, oh, yeah. tour guide. I liked that guy. I was sad when his leg got broken. <laughs> yeah, I saw on, where this question was posted in the Ask OS pod on Discord. Someone immediately commented, the guide, yeah, <laughs> afterwards. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. The guide was
1: nice. I liked his mustache. He was fine. <laughs> also,
0: <laughs> We've those got- hellish creatures. Like, I would be terrified of <laughs> those <laughs> bugs that that are, like... Yeah huge yeah the guard Jeez. was a real ass
3: kicker to deal with those things mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, so just to give Red a heads up here because we're coming up on our last question of the podcast and I know you sometimes struggle with these outros mm-hmm. not every time but occasionally mm-hmm. it's been known to cop oh, up yeah? so okay. uh, just like get it, get it in your mind now Couple minutes from On now, a couple of occasions, relevant Red relevant Has again. run
2: to a nearby mountaintop, daring the outro to strike her as it has done before.
1: <laughs> and it never does because I'm, I'm a scarier enemy than it is prepared to face.
3: Does that make? Is the outro the lightning in that? Yeah, the yes. outro is too I'm cowardly to strike me
1: down. <laughs> Ooh, it knows I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine.
3: So, <laughs> yes. Last question. Leaf asks to all. For the Avatar special, everyone likes to speculate about what element best fits characters from other properties, but I think it's funnier to imagine if they bent the element that's least fitting. What's the most entertaining combo of character and ill fitting element bending you can imagine? For oh, example, wow. Hulk seems like he fits the bill best for earth bending, so imagine he's an airbender and wacky hijinks <laughs> ensue. So, a character from another property bending something that seems inappropriate for their particular character architecture. I pause the it. idea of Hulk flying. <laughs>
2: No, no, I, I, I posit any Muppet firebending.
1: <laughs> no, no, not any Muppet. Animal would absolutely be a firebender, so for it to be incongruous, he'd have to be a waterbender.
3: Yes. Um, yes. Wow. Any Muppet, uh, like...
2: Kermit firebending would be lot, pretty funny. Muppets That's the are one made I originally of, and and I'm <laughs> like, why limit myself?
1: Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Whenever he does the the blah, blah kind of thing, he's just like breathing fire in the process. <laughs> Or you know the Elmo Fire person. No, let's you know pick a a character. They can be played a by character. a human actor, but yeah. well, now that I'm stuck in the okay. Muppet zone, it's not hard like to a leave. Like Leonardo DiCaprio is not on the table, but like uh, what's his I, name, is. <laughs> I would
1: love to <laughs> see know? Miss Piggy True. as an Earthbender. <laughs> oh, it would be so funny. <laughs> mm. hi <Hi-ya>! Bye! <laughs>
0: The Muppets must have been bigger than they were here because, like, my knowledge of the Muppets is pretty limited. Oh,
1: it was, like, one of the shows I watched when I was a wee I, one, so it I was mean, very formative I'll for admit,
2: me. I, I'm i really going on a lot of secondhand knowledge here. Um,
1: God, who, yeah, who who else, though? Aside from that, shift. like, uh, yes, like the
2: characters shift. from other media properties who would be fun in the Avatar world.
1: Hmm. Yeah, <sighs> they brought up superheroes, but those guys already have weird powers, yeah. so, like... I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's... Mm. um, I don't know. Like, I keep on thinking of, like, classic Victorian, like, <laughs> drama female characters. So like, oh no. I just finished um,
3: watching season two of Bridgerton, so, like, all of that, like, Regency, like, Pride and Prejudice stuff is the top of mind. And Jane so Austin, badly, oh my so God. badly, I just, the Jane Austen character. I just read Emma, oh no. and Emma
1: oh. is,
0: like, Emma is, like, super good at... Um, kind of, like, quick back and forths with people. And she also... She confronts issues really well. Uh, well, like, she, she goes... In, she doesn't actually confront them well. She confronts them repeatedly terribly, <laughs> but she <laughs> uh, does yes. confront them. Which is... that's uh, So, I... I don't know. Uh, She'd probably be... But she also does set fire to the social circles in which she lives.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, like, yeah, you know, Mr. Darcy was kind of being mean to me uh, at this very fancy social event, so I did burn the left side of his face off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now he has to go restore his honor. I do think that adding, like, any kind of element bending to any sort of, like... Just Jane Austen <laughs> Regency romance is just such a funny concept yeah. because it would maybe make me so actually cool. enjoy those books. <laughs>
0: oh God! Um, actually, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with a Lord of the Rings character Ooh. because that way Ooh. everyone will know who I'm talking about, and I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. Boromir being an airbender because. Mm. Boromir is entirely inflexible, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't. I, I, am pretty sure that even when he moves, when he takes a step, his foot does not leave the <laughs> ground. So, <laughs> shuff, shuff, shuff. I yeah, God, I'd go with that. That's yeah,
3: that's that's a very oh, I wish
0: that I could give a more articulate answer about a Jane Austen character. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm trying to like pick one specific character to be like they they should bend to this element, but just like it's just more of a conceptual. Any, any character in this universe bending anything is hilarious to me. I try yes. to think of
1: any of their names individually, and I risk falling asleep, so it's just not gonna work out for me.
2: I I
0: would <laughs> love to examine the concept. Mr. Darcy. You have bent many things, but you have bent my heart
2: more so. <laughs> I would like to imagine the. Like, I've got no money, Like, conceptually <laughs> no taking any protagonist from a Jane Austen book and making them the Avatar, reborn for s- generations of British history, <laughs> forced to relive the same <laughs> bullshit, watching manners slightly change over a period of centuries. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wonder must if you further uh, back.
1: He's not willing like to marry her because hair. her family's poor, but truth. he does like that she's the Avatar, yeah. so he'll make an exception of her standards <laughs> just this once. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It is the truth universally acknowledged that a man in possession of the four elements (laughs) must be in want of world
2: domination. (laughs) Must be in want of a good comet (laughs) somewhere nearby.
1: Good God. I'm trying to think of Disney protagonists now because I'm, or no, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hear me out. Christine Daye, Firebender. (laughs) I think Phantom of the Opera would be much more interesting if she could fight back.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like you're gonna actually, need that mask as well done with because you, um, he's got like a nice scarred face. Exactly,
3: exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he <laughs> drops that chandelier, which I guess isn't on fire. No, it, unless I guess, there wouldn't have been candles in it. Like, wait, would it have been? This is a discussion for another time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just like the idea that like everyone else is like exactly the same non-benders doing their own thing, but Christine Dyer can set things on fire with her mind. <laughs> yes all the drama happens it's exactly the same <laughs> it's just yeah exactly yeah. another yeah. option is be like if we
2: if we go even further back we go to the divine comedy dante's trudging his way through hell and random things start setting on fire and Dante has no idea why. He's the firebender, but he doesn't know that.
1: No, <laughs> he just keeps not. on accidentally
2: setting things on fire and scaring okay. himself to fainting.
1: Every time something makes him panic, what he about... goes ah, and it catches fire and he's like, Oh, it's worse now yeah.
0: <laughs> What about what about a a character from your old venetian greek myths you know those stories mm. those cultural stories what who comes
2: Alcimides to mind would be terrifying uh if, if he could just fly um god uh no
1: i feel like odysseus would be a
3: great waterbender uh just like in that which means that if we're going for like shit he'd have to be he'd a firebender be like an earthbender, yeah. and just permanently stuck on the water <laughs> yeah
1: Actually if a firebender stuck on the ocean would be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but also an earthbender would work um, because that you know, not much you can do when you're on a boat. So yeah, that works. Yeah. Yeah, sure.
2: I think the formula for this question is really take a calm situation and add someone who can create fire, and then you get <laughs> peak comedy. <laughs>
1: oh absolutely.
2: <laughs> uh, I think my so Animal sure. Crossing protagonist would Obi-Wan greatly Obi-Wan enjoy Anakin
1: <laughs> <can> being <laughs> able to set things on fire, fire with her mind. <laughs>
2: Star oh, Wars, but fantastic. only small Anakin well, can set things on fire.
1: <laughs> ooh. Yes.
3: <laughs> Anakin can fire bend, but not earth bend, so we can't do anything about the magma at the end of it. this oh, yeah. is arson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. Well, these have all been excellent um, pondering, but we are, we're coming up on time. So, Red, uh, yes. are you ready to face the lightning once more? I'm always ready. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this extra special bonus episode of the podcast. We'll be back uh, whenever our next Wednesday podcast is, with our one week from now. one week from now with our regular content about our uh, most recent videos. So that'll be exciting. Stay tuned. Uh, when is this going up, actually? Like mm. what day? This will be going live April twenty seventh. Ooh, okay. So the pin sale is already going to be over. So I won't mention the pin sale that's happening right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Too late, uh,
1: dumbasses. Now kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you missed the boat. You
3: snooze, you
1: lose. Oh, tragic. Uh, yes, as always, stay tuned uh, for our uh, regular videos every Friday. Uh, Tim, uh, do you have anything coming up that you're excited to let the audience look forward to?
0: Uh, at the time of, um, this airing, uh, I have The Psychology of Zuko, which is Ooh. going to be an hour and a half oh, long, uh, feature, um, discussion of trauma and mental health. Uh, it'd be cool if you watched Fantastic. that. Fantastic! Yeah, yeah we will the, out the fuck you're... out of
2: that. That sounds
0: if awesome. If you're thirsty <laughs> for more
1: Avatar nice. content, there's plenty on both yes. our channels, but definitely watch that one. Um... Uh, there's two cats in frame right now, and it's 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 making it very difficult. To, three cats in frame, my apologies, making it very difficult to concentrate. But I think that's basically everything, so until next time, I've been Red.
2: I've been Blue, and Tim, thank you so much for
1: joining us today. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. It's always, always a lot of fun. The cat scarf is a serious look, I approve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bud. This was, I think, possibly more unhinged than average. Nah. Nah.
3: And this has been an overly sarcastic podcast. Yeah, that's (laughs) the stuff. And this has been an overly sarcastic (laughs) podcast. (laughs)
2: Thanks so much for listening to this special Avatar The Last Airbender bonus episode of the Overly Sarcastic podcast. We'll return to our regularly scheduled programming next Wednesday, May 4th, but if you miss us before then, be sure to check out Overly Sarcastic Productions on YouTube for more fun content. Got a question for the pod? Head over to Pod on Discord for a chance to be featured in a future episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review, and if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and our guest future Me's content in the show notes below.